That was Pat drinking uh, his coffee this morning. We're actually both drinking coffee right now to start out the morning because, um, I don't know, it's still early. Well, because we start out every morning with coffee. Yeah, but it's early. Yeah. Usually we don't record this early. Yeah, we, um, we're kind of on this kick now. I feel like we've gotten pretty consistent with of recording Tuesday mornings. Um, yeah, I think we might have to start doing some pre-recordings for the summer. Hmm. Because Julia's just traveling everywhere without me. Actually, there's literally one thing right now I have to do without you for work. Before we started recording, we Julia's going on a, a work trip, something that she got invited to. And I was just teasing her, giving a hard time, saying she's going to leave me for the whole the whole longevity of the trip. And for it's a weekend. A weekend. Yeah. Um, no, we have some stuff literally less than two weeks from now. We're going away and we have a big trip at the end of the summer with my family, my whole family, which is actually really cool. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys saw my store yesterday. I put up a picture. My dad sent us the, um, for sale sign on our house. It's so weird. So my parents are trying to sell our house that I grew up in. And I feel like I always thought this day would come, but at the same time, I didn't think it would be now. And like, mm -hmm. I don't think they thought it would be now. I think they probably thought like five years from now, but because of like how the market is, they were like, we're just gonna, we're gonna list it. We're gonna see. Cause like their thought is like five years or now, like it's not that big of a difference, but my parents are literally freaking out. Yeah. Well, I think whenever it happens, there's a nostalgic, emotional feeling with it. Yeah, I mean, like, like whether I, it was if it was now or in five years, you're gonna be just as when sad. they told me be... we were together, and I was literally crying. Mm -hmm. I was like, I was. It was an emotional part of the month, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. But I was just like, oh my god, like I don't know, like, and now now it's like happening. It hasn't hit me again, but I feel like we're gonna go back there once it sells to like say bye or something, and yeah. it's just clean it out. It's like the goodbye. end of an era that you're literally never, ever, ever, ever going to get back. Yeah. Like, ever. And, like, that yeah. stuff happens all the time. You know, like, your wedding. Like, you're not ever going to have a wedding again or whatever. And you're, I don't know, like, a lot of things that happen in your life. Like, graduation and things that you're never going to do again. But I feel like this is just such a big one that's been a part of my life for till now. My entire life. I've never mm -hmm. known anything else as home. Yeah. Well, there's, I mean, like, you say a wedding or your graduation. Those are just, like, events. And recreating those, like, the reason behind the event is hard. But, like, those events always come and go. Yeah. What you're talking about with like your childhood home, like you lived with your parents, you lived with your siblings, your best friends were around the corner, like, and that that is what will never happen again. Yeah. You will never have, you know, those memories, you know, they won't repeat themselves. And the thing is, it's not really like the area, it's the house. It's like growing up there, like now all of a sudden I'm oh. thinking of all the memories that come back. Like yeah. we used to wash my dad's car outside. We used to like go in the stream. We used to like have the hammock out back and like I used to help my mom with Ethan my little brother when he was a baby like I don't know and it's just mm -hmm. like that's literally everything I think it's hitting my parents more because like I can't imagine having a house and raising a family for 30 years and then having to like kind of say bye to that part of your life in a mm -hmm. way you know yeah it's different when your kids move out that's one thing but then you like are getting rid of the thing you built yeah yeah I think the next <laughs> couple weeks might be even more emotional probably than we think. Yeah. I'm curious to see if you guys have ever dealt with that. Like if you've sold. I mean, I know a lot of people move around. So I feel yeah. lucky to like have had this house as a kid. And we never moved ever. 
So like that's why it feels so like special because I think a lot of people do move around and then that doesn't really feel as special to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. You, you guys have 30 years of memories, not only like being raised in that house, but also coming back from college to that house, all the holidays. Back yes, at that, that was house. always like, home. So much of. Yeah, definitely. Um, so. Well, I was remembering when you like your parents, they're not selling the house, but they redid mm-hmm. their kitchen. Mm-hmm. And you were like a mess when you saw that it was different. But it's so true because that still like takes that memory and makes it different. You're like, this is not how it was when we grew up. Yeah. It's just not how you picture it. And yeah. I don't know. My parents' house was in much need of like yes. an update. Like it was good. You no, know, it was a but good thing, of course. Is, this is a yeah. good thing too. It's yeah. just weird, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's what's happening in that part of my life. Um which means we have to move quicker on finding a place to live. Which brings us back to the same thing we always talk about, which is where, where are, we are going Pat to? and Jules going to live? Yeah. We don't have to talk about that. Yeah. I will say I think we're trying to expedite that a little bit. We've been having As good, I continue to make plans for the summer. As Julia continues to push it off. No, I'm not pushing it off. I mean, I am a little bit. I am a little but bit. But plans don't mean we can't move somewhere. I know you keep thinking that, but that's not. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, help me look. Help me start looking, babe, because okay. I'm doing it all myself. Yeah, let's go. I'm in. Um, yeah. That's it. I don't know. We, I, I finished watching Stranger Things. Pat, of course, did not watch with me because, as you not know, my husband sucks and doesn't watch shows with me. So I watched it by myself. And we're not watching anything else. Now we need a new show. You watched a movie the other night. Yeah, by myself. I watched some of it. What was it? It was Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds. I can't remember what it was called, though. It was? That's the proposal. That was on TV. Was it the same people? It no, was definitely no, Sandra no, Bullock. no, no. It was Julia Roberts. <laughs> You're thinking of the proposal. This was Julia Roberts and that uh, boy, and her son was a drug addict. <laughs> I have no idea. Literally, the proposal was on TV the other day, and Maybe that's, that's what, what you were thinking, thinking of. No, it was a Julia Roberts movie that was pretty good. Um, I think it was on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. I don't remember what it was I watched called. a lot of it. I didn't watch the whole thing. Yeah. I didn't watch the ending again. Which Mo- is like you, you pretty my, much miss half of it. I need to watch movies in reverse. That way I fall asleep at the beginning when everything's kind of slow. Instead, I fall asleep the oh, last Okay, that's minutes. a good idea. Um, Okay, well, I feel like we have nothing else to say. Do you have anything else? Uh, I always have a lot to say. But... <sighs> okay. No, I don't think we have really too much else to update on, I think. You know, right now we're in a part where it's summertime. Summer. We're going to the beach. We're trying to get sunburn, trying to get tan. We're trying to book travel, trying to figure out where we're living. Yeah. And that's about it. Yeah, that's it. Those are the big things. Um, so it's the first week of the month, right? Mm-hmm. It's like almost the second week, but it's the first week of the month and we are doing our advice column gonna give you guys some advice same advice column that we do the first episode of every month yes except last week the first episode was not yeah well it fell on but, the first yeah so. um yeah should we just kind of like get into it let's do it so okay. julia just set up the camera to record us and every time she sets up the camera i kind of laugh and you guys are seeing all of the little snippets from every episode um that have been posted on instagram and it makes me laugh because we literally just sit on the bedroom floor with our Yeah, camera. I like that about it. And 
it's just funny because when I like the other podcast episodes I follow on Instagram, I feel like they're in like nice studios with microphones that are branded and yeah, but I like how we do it. Actually, uh, if you listen to the armchair expert, Mm -hmm. you know, Dak Shepard, apparently he sits like in his attic. Well, I think it was an attic that he turned into a podcast. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Okay. You can put the face ID thing on your phone so I can get into it. Hmm. Okay. We're going to start with a big one. Uh-oh. Ready? Yeah. He's losing feelings for me after four years. My fiance is losing feelings for me. He's raging at me after any fight or inconvenience. He always He's always talking about leaving me or breaking up. And last night he told me he can't live with me anymore. I know I can be a hard person to live with and everyone has told me this. My mom has always told me this and I'm lucky that I found someone to love me in the first place. Yikes. Okay. However, I know he's losing feelings and we have been engaged for eight months now. We're supposed to get married in four months, but at each fight, he keeps telling me he can't do it. And he started telling me some things he doesn't like about my body, not in a hurtful way. But for instance, I have a finger in my foot that's misplaced since forever. He told me to get surgery for it. My hip bones are a bit wide, etc. I just started connecting the dots and realized he's actually losing feelings for me. Maybe it's not what this is, but I can't unthink about this anymore especially because when i confronted him he didn't reply or it's not he just told me he needed therapy do you think there's a way to go back can this just be the stress of moving in together and planning an apartment um and a wedding i can't imagine leaving him we've been together for four years we're supposed to be getting married dot 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 oh yeah you dove in there fast yeah um I mean, my actually, my first reaction when reading that is whoever wrote this in, this girl, you don't need to, like, earn love. You don't need to, like, earn whatever. She, like, I know I'm hard to love. I know yeah. this. Like, don't put yourself down because somebody else is going through something. Yeah, I felt like this is kind of his problem right yeah. now. Yeah, and it sounds like, I mean... The planning a wedding, the idea of getting married, the moving in together is all really stressful and it can cause some really difficult conversations that need to be had, which if that was just the case, I would say like, yes, you can 100% get through that. But how you talked about when you've tried to talk about it, that he just turns off and won't talk about it. Yeah. Like doesn't admit it or anything. And like, or she said, he just ignores me. Yeah. It's like. Then if you're not able and willing to talk about it, then it's, I would say, not able to be brought back. Yeah. Uh, And I also don't like the stuff that he's saying about your body and, like, Mm -hmm. telling you that you should get surgery and stuff. Like, I feel like that's a personal choice that -hmm. you should be able to decide, and that's not something anybody should, like, tell you to do. Yeah. Yeah, I think one thing that's not widely known or talked about when you get engaged it's like so exciting and then all you think about is your wedding day and like there's so much like added stress and like logistical challenges that go into planning a wedding moving in together like all of that that it is a challenging time where you need to like figure out how to grow together yeah and it sounds like that is not at all happening here i mean i think about our relationship and like our whole wedding our whole wedding plan got dismantled by COVID, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it wasn't only just like when and where we were going to get married, but it was like, okay, we're going to get married and then move to New York. 
and it's like COVID, we're not moving to New York. Yeah. In fact, here we are still two years later talking about where we're going to live. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is tied to like the wedding planning and obviously COVID for us. Yeah. Um, but that stuff just adds so much stress to a relationship. Yeah. And it also brings other people into the conversation because when you're talking about a wedding, you're probably talking with, you know, your parents, his parents, their parents, like everybody about it. Yeah. It's like we're putting on this facade that everything is so good and happy when in reality, yeah, yeah. we're going through this. Yeah. I don't even know if I have like real advice, like from just the context, it sounds like this isn't the person you should be like marrying. Mm hmm. And maybe yeah. just because you lived are living together in four years, like just because you've been together for four years doesn't mean that you can't find somebody else or that that's mm-hmm. the person for you. And yeah. a lot of people at that stage in relationship think that. That's mm-hmm. why a lot of people end up settling. I think you'd rather get out of the relationship now than be divorced in 10 years with kids. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, I, my advice and again, like you guys all heard what we heard. So there's not like hidden details, but. Yeah, it sounds like you kind of need to move on. Just because you had four years of looking back doesn't mean you should marry that person. Yeah. If what is going on now is um, unable to overcome and unable to like get better going forward, then don't just get married because you had four years together and you can't picture yourself without him. Yeah, because you deserve better. I know you can. I know like people who have gone through that, people who have... Um, in the last minute had to call off a wedding had to call off anything yeah um and i don't know you've got to find ways to not only find ways but also find time to heal yourself to fix yourself and not i'm not talking about physically i'm talking about like mentally. physically go fix yourself no you need to find ways to yeah break down that confidence that you're i don't know what a year ago maybe this had person that, is this person is bringing yeah. you down and not enabling you to be you and not enabling, you know, you to thrive in the way that a relationship, a marriage should help you grow into the next person. Yeah. Sounds like you're being held back. Yeah. Okay. All right. Can we start with a, or go to another one that's like, I don't know what color to paint my toe. <laughs> okay. Why don't you read this one? This one was somebody requested this as an episode idea, but I was thinking mm-hmm. that it would just be kind of good to talk. We can do an episode on it, but. I think maybe like answering this question as well. Yeah. Okay. So this person wrote in, hi, Pat and Jules. I'm blank. I'm 27, almost 28, and I'm from Brussels, Belgium. I really love your podcast. I left a voice message on Anchor. Don't know if we could do that and no idea if you'll get it. But here's my idea for next episode. Love languages. It can really get difficult in a relationship when your partner has a very different love language and you don't understand, don't see don't see it, which is still my case. I'd love to hear your thoughts and advice on that. Thanks for reading. Thanks for reading my suggestion and have a great day and weekend. Love, name. Yeah, I feel like um, this will be, I think we did an episode on this, but I think we could also just do another one at some point because it's like mm-hmm. important. I always talk about this topic and people are like, I feel like they're kind of like intrigued by it. Yeah. And reading, listening to that, I'm like, well, we have opposite love languages. Mm-hmm. Well, not opposite. Pretty, I mean, pretty Different much like. Different ones. No, I'm just saying like your first one is like my last. Yeah. And like, I don't, I think, yeah. you know. Yeah, I think, I mean, yes, we've done a whole episode on this. We we talk about love languages a lot. And it sounds like we 
could do another episode on it. I think for me, the biggest thing when I think of like love languages, I think of so much of relationships and how, like how I thought of relationships and how I think most people think of relationships is that it's just like feelings that it's just, Oh, I like that they did this or I don't like that. They do that. Like a lot of, um, just emotional and like a feeling when love languages, I think actually break it down to like almost the technical aspect of, of relationships and love. And, you know, it's really hard for me to say, Oh, I like this. I like when you hold my hand because it feels good. It's like, okay, like, I guess I'll hold your hand a little more. But then when you do something like the love languages test and you like, I answer all these questions and my number one thing is physical touch. And that's like a really valuable like tool for you to like know mm-hmm. that my number one is physical touch. Then when we go on walks, you're like, I want to hold your hand. Cause I know not only does that like feel good to hold your hand, but like that is what is making you most happy. Yeah. And that's what I like about the love language. Like you can take the quiz online. I just think once we did it, I don't remember why we did it, but once we did it, I was like, oh my God, this is so helpful. And we say this a lot, but it's like, you have to take the love language together. And if they're opposite or if they're just different, then you know what your partner needs and that might not be what you need. Like Pat's number one is physical touch. And I don't really like physical touch as my like love language, but I know that that's what he likes. So it's almost like a forceful thing that I have to like active proactively do is do things for Pat so that he likes them. Mm-hmm. And that wouldn't necessarily be something that I would like. Like, I wouldn't expect yeah. Pat. I mean, he does like certain things like that for me more because for him, though, it's not necessarily for me because mm-hmm. that's not my love language, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And love languages are not only how you receive love. Like, I receive love. I think my number one is physical touch. But how I give love, my number one, I think, is uh, access service. I'm not exactly sure of it, but I need to. So they- do that yeah, they, side yeah it like shows you like how you think about giving love right like how you show love oh i don't know that part they're of like that. different and, and that's all really helpful and another thing that i think makes love languages really useful is people are really bad at saying why they like something and what they like 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 um for example for me to say um Last night was a really fun date. It was great. I might say, I don't know, the food was good. This was that. But what um, what love languages would help? I got to think about the right way to explain this. Like love language would say, actually, why I liked last night's dinner is because, or last night's date is because you put your hand on my leg and that made me feel a certain way, which made dinner that much better for me. Like mm-hmm. it helps you like, understand and explain things explaining why you liked that specific thing date or whatever it is yeah because people are not the best at being able like being able to explain or and a lot of times it's like retroactive like thinking like oh that date was really good well why was it good it's like we had good conversations or like i don't know well the other thing like for me like mine my number one is words of affirmation Mm mm-hmm and sometimes I feel like I am always telling you like, oh, I want to, I want you to tell me these things. I want you to sh- tell me how you feel or what you like or whatever. And I feel like that's hard too. Like yeah. it's hard. It's also hard for it to be like super authentic when like we know that each other is doing it for each other, you know? Yeah. I mean, you're doing it for each other, but you're also doing it 
for yourself and for us. Yeah, but like it's, it's like when you like, come down and you're like, you look pretty. I'm like, you great. Pretty. I'm like, great. You're just saying that because I want you to say That's it. That's not true. But it's, it's, yeah. I don't remember the question. Yeah. No, the question was just about love languages and our, I think our advice is like, yes, go learn them, go understand it, read about it, take the quiz, do it with your significant other. Um, I think it really can only help you and your partner understand yeah. some parts of your relationship that are hard to understand. Yeah. Okay, I can never get into your phone. Anxious, hate my job, just bald to my parents. Any advice, LOL. I'm anxious all the time. I bald to my parents. I'm anxious right now. Yeah. And I keep getting that freaking thing in my head. I don't have I don't have anxiety advice. <laughs> yeah. I think you know the the advice that I would say is you're not alone, right? Yeah. The anxiety whatever is causing it, whatever you're feeling, you're talking to two people right here who have pretty bad anxiety and deal with it or experience it, not deal with it. And the whole like how your release mechanism, whatever that is, like bawling to your parents, absolutely completely normal that seems like helpful yeah very helpful so if that is helpful um you know, yeah don't don't beat yourself up over doing that it's like i haven't cried in a while yeah you're due for one i am the um the whole hate your job thing yeah quit I your think, job yeah quit you gotta your job quit. life's too important you're gonna life's feel too... so much relief yeah like at first quitting your job is sounds scary because you're like where am i gonna get money like this this but like you're gonna be fine and like take a break and just I feel like after you do it, you're like, okay, it's done now. I don't have a choice. I don't have one. I'll have to look for one. But this is my chance to take a few days to just, like, get the relief that you yeah. need. Like, you hate your job. There's literally no point in continuing mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah, I think, you know, when talking about, like, quitting your job, if you're that miserable, start the process to find what's next. Like, I'm not saying go into work this Friday and just quit right on the spot and be done because – you do need money. You do need whatever. And it's usually easier to find a job while you have a job. Um, so, like, start that process. You need to mentally move on from the job you're in. Start thinking. Start planning for what's next. And that should help kind of ease, I think, a lot of the stress of having a shitty job. Yeah. We, we've all been there. We've all done that. You, you've got to find a way to move on if, if it's causing that much um, yeah. discomfort for you. How do you know when it's time to leave a relationship? Oh, man. Um, I don't think you ever really know yeah. exactly when. Yeah. But I think, I think if, if you're asking the question. Yeah. If right? you're asking this question, it's probably time to move on. I don't think there's a point in time, unless something has happened, right? If you know somebody was unfaithful or if, or if somebody had said or done something and it's like a, you know, a breaking point. Yeah, move on right then. Yeah. I think just from like kind of how the, I think the question's worded, that's not what's happening. Sounds like it's mm-hmm. dragging on a little bit. Um, I think once you make the decision to move on, it's really hard to kind of come back from that. Like yeah. once you've said, I'm thinking about moving on, it's really hard to get that thought out of your head. Yeah. Because you know that's going to make you happier. Yeah. And it's not so much about knowing when is exactly the right time because like i don't know there's not going to be the perfect right time you're not going to like you know snap your fingers and be like oh now i feel great to do this because it's yeah. still going to suck yeah but thinking about how to do it in the right way 
you know, if this is somebody that you do care about, you know, how do you keep them, you know, in good graces? How do you keep them as a friend? How mm-hmm. do you not hurt them for the long term? How do you not hurt yourself for the long term? Yeah. Like doing it in the right way is, I think, more important than doing it at the air quote right time. Yeah, I agree. This is why our relationship is so good because I say shit and Julia's <laughs> like, and I agree. I agree. Good job. Did you ever have doubts on your relationship? Some of, these, some of these, some of these things that are, uh, some people wrote in our, our questions just kind of, I guess for Julia and I, which we can answer. Did you ever have doubts on your relationship? I had doubts that I don't think were ever deal breaker doubts. I had doubts of like, is this going to work in the beginning? Are we too, is our age going to matter? Our age difference? Things that were more just like worries than I think doubts for me. Yeah. I don't yeah, think I've I think, ever had doubts of like, is this a good idea? Yeah. I mean, I think there are doubts that are reasonable, right? Yeah. A relationship is so big and important that you're going to have doubts. You're going to have questions. You're going to have all of it. And I think the level of those doubts is really going to dictate how things move forward or if they don't move forward. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think for sure. Def- I mean, I tried to break up with Julia uh, when we were a few months into our relationship because I was having all these doubts. And then she was like, no, sorry, you can't break up. <laughs> Go back to bed. Um, and, you know, I think that was maybe the biggest moment of doubts. And then there are other things where when we were doing long distance and, you know, let's say we were getting together in D.C. where I used to live. Julia would take the train down. We'd have a really good weekend and then she would leave and we both would like literally feel sick to our stomachs for 24 hours, like crying in physical pain, which was kind of like the opposite of a doubt then. Right. Yeah. But it was almost like, why are we doing this to ourselves? Like it feels so good when we're together and it hurts so much when we like literally I used to stand out front of my apartment building and watch you drive away or like watch you get an Uber to go to the train station. I was like. We were, I know we were both crying. Yeah. And I was like, why are we doing this? This hurts so much. Yeah, but like, I think that was the reason that we were like, if it didn't hurt that bad, it wouldn't have been real. Uh, I completely agree. Yeah. I'm just saying in those moments, you're like, right. is so, this pain worth it? Yeah. Like there are doubts Which isn't that come a, with this. a real question yeah. to think about. Yeah. And some people, maybe it's not. Yeah, definitely. Um, All right. Here's, here's another one. I'm 26. And the guy I'm dating is 39 with a kid. He's recently divorced. What are your thoughts? Please help. I feel like there's no really like, there's no problem. Mm -hmm. I think maybe out of context, I'm guessing that you're thinking of these fears kind of bringing them up to because of the outside world and the norms of maybe your age difference or that he's divorced and has a kid. Which Mm -hmm. I don't think is necessarily a problem if you guys get along really well and you really like or love each other. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I I think the initial like hesitations kind of that I get from like this uh, submission is like very surface level. He's older than me and has a kid. He's recently divorced. Should I not try and be with him? Like, no, you should try and be with him. Yeah. Imagine being on the other end of that, too. Yeah. But you do need to go about it a little differently. It's not you're not dating another 26 year old you know, with no responsibility. You're dating somebody who, yeah, like you are going to have a kid involved. You yes. are going to have probably his, you know, significant other that he's recently divorced from. Like, yeah, you are treading into It'll be different. Yeah, a different situation. 
Does that mean you shouldn't do it? No, not at all. I think it more means that you need to kind of understand the responsibilities that you're taking on, not only for yourself, but for, you know, the kid and the other folks involved. And, you know, it probably will cause you to grow in a level of maturity where you're going to understand what it's like to be with somebody who is yeah. a parent and out of a relationship. And, and just finding out if that's worth it for you. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. What? I don't know. Somebody wrote in, I got a tattoo today because of you. That's cute, though. <laughs> yeah. Were you and Pat open about financial positions and debt, et cetera, before getting engaged? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think... When we decided we wanted to be engaged is, like, more when we just talked, like, financially. And I think we, like, one time sat down and, like, showed each other, like, literally everything. Yeah. And, like, because for us, when we we decided, like, we got married, like, we were going to share and, like, everything was going to be, like, it's ours, so. Yeah. I will also say we were very open about it because that is a new thing that happens when you get engaged or get married. Like, you start sharing finances. You start, you know listing julie as my beneficiary you start like kind of intertwining that um so like yes we did show but i don't think there was really going to be anything in there that one would have caught us off guard and two that would have been like a oh my gosh this is such a deal breaker for yeah. us. and we were also younger and neither of us had any money. So it was like, hey, here's my empty bank account. Here's yeah. your empty bank account. Cool. Now we have more zeros. Like, yeah. It wasn't like. Yeah. And we both did have like some student debt. We both like. And these yeah. are things where I think just showing it and talking about it helped us kind of understand a little bit further what we were signing up for in yeah. a marriage, mm-hmm. in getting engaged. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know. I Somebody very close to us in a relationship like student debt you know um it's definitely it's not a game breaker or a deal breaker it's not a bad could be for some people it could be it really could be but as long as i think somebody is um aware of it and not like it's not like a you shouldn't be hiding it i think if i came to you and we were like all right let's show and you're like all right i have a hundred thousand dollars of credit card debt because i can't stop buying shoes and clothes yeah. like, that would be a different thing yes but i also probably would have known that before yeah. getting engaged yeah so yeah all right here's a long one that we got in a email um hi jules and pj you guys are amazing i love your podcast i've been running into an issue with my best friend lately and wanted some advice My bestie has been very distant with me as of recently, and things have been very different than how they used to be. I think it's because we had a bit of conflict last summer. She almost ruined my my birthday and wanted to make it about her, and things have been rocky ever since. She hasn't initiated hanging out at all except for her birthday or a group hangout. I also noticed she doesn't acknowledge me at all on social media and will leave me on red. I see her commenting on our other friends' pictures and gassing them up, but never on mine. Also, I recently had a death in my family and thought she would be there for me, but even then she barely had a response. It's weird because when I see her in person, she's fine. I even called her a few months ago to see what was going on, and she insisted that everything was fine on her end, and clearly it's not. My concern is that her acting like this doesn't sit well with me because I'm supposed to be her maid of honor. 
it's unsettling because how can I fully be there for her as her maid of honor when I don't feel like our friendship is what it used to be and she's not able to be there for me. I've been kind of getting a superficial frenemy vibe from her lately and I just know that her being that being her maid of honor is a huge and meaningful responsibility. At the same time, if I backed out of being her maid of honor, I know it's going to be making a statement in our friendship and probably won't go down well. I also don't want to feel used because I know I've I'm organized and can throw a good party. Any situation on how I can get through the sticky situation. I would really appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time to read this. Sincerely, me. I love these topics. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to say, I think in friend breakups or in friend things, things are just unsaid. Like, there's so many things that aren't said that should be said. For example, this sounds like she's jealous. Just going to say it. I don't know. It sounds like... I'm just, I feel like I'm really easily able to read people in situations. And I think jealous or envious of something that is in your life that maybe they don't have and they're not being a good friend. And maybe they just don't know how to like, I'm sure you're going to say something completely different, but they don't know how to handle the situation and friends obviously grow apart. But I just feel like there's always something that's like, you're trying, she's trying to beat around the bush somehow and not wanting to say exactly what's going on, but doesn't want to ruin anything. doesn't want to be the bad guy. But at the end of the day, um, the reason friendships grow apart is because there's a disconnect. And like, that's something that people just don't really talk about. Mm-hmm. Well, I think relationships grow apart for other reasons, but yeah. But it's all leading back to like, there's not that connection anymore. Right. Well, I think of, like, my friends. Like, yeah, I'm not as close as I was with them, but that's because, like, lives have grown Yeah, but I think that's different than this. This sounds more of, like, a... Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I... No, I I agree with you. I think there's there's definitely some, like, underlying something going on. Um, The fact that, like, you're writing this in, you're aware of it, you are thinking about it, I'm sure you're frenemy is thinking about it too i'm sure there's some reason that something is uncomfortable between the two of you and i think one thing that is really hard to do is like have these conversations with a friend i think if with a relationship like a romantic partner these conversations are easier because it's either like we move forward or we don't but having a conversation with her um to me is like the only way to really kind of come to terms with this, right? You either are going to feel like you're either going to sustain how you feel right now, which is shitty, or you're going to like have a conversation and come out of it feeling better. I think that's like the best thing to do too for you in your situation, whether you're going to be her maid of honor or not. I think if you talk to her and you say, listen, this is how I've been feeling. I love you. I want to be there for you, but I feel like I don't know how to do that. If I'm having these feelings of, you know, you don't feel the same way about me anymore or something's going on. And hopefully she surprises you and you have a good conversation. And I think going from there, if things still happen, you can kind of go into it just being like, listen, she wants me as her maid of honor. Let me just take out for, take that for what it is and continue and do this. And then honestly, whatever happens after the wedding, it happens. And it's like, I think people put so much pressure on being the maid of honor or being in somebody's wedding means you are the most important person. Yeah. And a lot of times, like, like I remember my dad telling me his best man, they're not even friends anymore. Like, they don't even know each other. 
And it's just like, and I'm not saying that's going to happen or that happens, you know, to everybody, but I think some, like, life is life. And a lot of times the people who are in your wedding might not be the people who, like, this is a good feeling for me is that, like, some maybe our best friends for the future we haven't even met yet. Yeah. Or, like, there's people out there you haven't met yet that become your best friends and then you're like, oh, I wish they were in my wedding. It's like, the wedding just isn't that important when it comes to, like, friendships in general. Yeah. But there is such a stigma around it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, yeah, it's, you think of your groomsmen or your maid of honors or whatever, and it's like, these are people I want in my life forever. And, like, that's just kind of, like, a pressure that you're putting on with no foundation. Right, and, like, for us, Friends I mean... Friends come and go. Wedding is one time of, you know, on your l- length of life, that's a timeline. Like, your wedding was at there, and who are the most important people right then and yes. there? And that's going to change. You know, as you grow, as you move, yeah. as you get new jobs, like people are going to come and go. Yeah. And something we realized too, and like we had our favorite people with us, we didn't have anybody standing up there with us. And I think it was just like because that moment was for us. And mm-hmm. I don't know, for me at least, I was like, I want to look back on these photos and see that, but I also want just us. Like I want it because I know that's going to be there. Yeah. So, yeah. And I have no regrets about. Like my groomsmen or your no, bridesmaids or anything. Like in that moment, those were the most important people to us. And, you know, does that mean I'm, I don't know, a couple of them, like I haven't really talked to since the wedding. And it's not mm-hmm. bad. It's not, it's just, I don't know. It is what it is. Yeah. Uh, like straightforwardly better or if it's going to make things way worse, but ultimately is that that's going to make things better. Yeah. Like you can't just sit on these thoughts and these feelings that you're having. Yeah, and the best thing you can do is have the conversation, and no matter how it goes from there, isn't really your yeah. fault or honor. Yeah, because you know? the last thing you want to do is be giving your maid of honor speech and, and not feel feeling like, it and yeah. feel like this is fake. Yeah, I'm putting on a fake relationship. Yeah, I'm putting on whatever, and like, I don't know. Then you wouldn't like be people, giving it your best effort. Too. Yeah, like people, people can also notice. like see that and yeah. read that. So I deleted my hinge and bumble. I've decided to put dating on a back burner. What are your thoughts on this? I think that's fine that you do that. Mm -hmm. Back burner, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I think if you delete it and don't think about dating, I bet within two months you're going to be happily in a marriage. (laughs) In a relationship, not in a marriage. You'll find someone when you're not looking, which happens most of the time, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think relationships and like the pressure that we put on them ourselves and that everybody else puts on them for us... um, makes them so much harder and i think being able to put it in your mind is like this is on this is a back burner for me i don't need a relationship if one comes along that i want great if not i'm not going to be you know completely sitting out there begging for dates begging for a girlfriend begging for a boyfriend begging for whatever like yeah i think it's a lot about just pressure out there and like did she say her age Mm mm-hmm i think there's a lot of age pressure i think there's also like once you're dating a lot you feel like why isn't this working type of thing? Like it's supposed to work. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of times taking a break is probably good. It just means like there's so many other things you could focus on. And why harp on this one thing that maybe isn't working for you right now when there's so many things that you could be like making better? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's more people need to take this approach yeah. of being okay with not not seeking out a relationship, yeah. not seeking out love. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Is it normal for a partner to get mad at you for not finishing your food? It's actually one of my favorite things about eating with Julia 
Because I always finish my food, but then I always get like two or three extra bites. Yeah, Julia we just never... hate. I just slide the plate over when I'm done. Yeah, Julia never finishes her food. I, I don't know. I think that is kind of weird. What? To be mad at somebody for not oh, finishing yeah. their food. I was gonna say, <laughs> you mad at somebody who not finishes? No, food. you never do. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of a weird. Um... Like I get not wasting food. Like yeah. I understand that, but this person. I don't know. I kind of do see it a little bit. And let me tell you why. So now that I'm like doing all of the cooking and not all of it, most of it, I'll be like cooking something and I'm like, okay, this is going to be good. And then Julia will come in and start snacking. And I'm like, all right, you're snacking while I'm trying to make us a good dinner that I know you're not going to finish your dinner. Therefore, sometimes I think of it as like wasteful. Did I finish my dinner last night? I finished it. For I you. pretty much finished it. You ate a lot of it, but there was you didn't fully finish it, and you like very rarely. So you gave do. me a spoonful too much. Okay. How about that? All right. Well, maybe we should just start giving you half. And serving. I do eat leftovers. Okay. All right. I'm, this isn't I'm about just, me. <laughs> this isn't about you, Julia. <laughs> you just made it about me. Well, I'm just saying how I could, I could see how somebody could get mad about their partner not finishing their food. It's not that important, though. Yeah. Like, I get the maybe a frustration, but yeah. are you okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Last one. Okay. You want me to read it? This is another long-distance one. Okay. I just said goodbye to my long-distance boyfriend, boyfriend who came to visit me in the city. I'm crying a bit. Tips to feel better. Normal, first of all. Yeah think this is a good thing and it's so hard to realize in the moment mm-hmm. like for me looking back on our long distance relationship i'm always like i would never change anything mm-hmm. it was so good for us i feel like i almost needed that in my lifetime a long distance relationship to realize like what i wanted and what was worth it like it helped me realize like what my like what love was yeah and it's not like that for everybody but i think like if you're you guys are upset for a reason and i think tip a tip would be like start talking about a plan to end the long distance Mm -hmm. because for us even when we started talking about that i was like okay this is temporary but for a while in the beginning because we started dating during long distance it was like are we gonna go anywhere am i gonna have to keep doing this is it just gonna end one day Mm -hmm. and then once we were like actually we kind of want to get married and be engaged then it was more just like routine yeah and it felt easier yeah yeah i think having a plan for when to end long distance like start talking about that that is helpful i think always knowing the next time you're going to see that person is always helpful. We used to always try and like when we were leaving, we would make sure we already had the dates marked on the calendar when we were going to see each other again. And then I would say like two practical tips is like when you know you're going to be like, okay, we just said goodbye. Like don't just go back to your bedroom and lay on your bed and cry. I used to always do two things. I was either going to, right when Julia would leave, I was going to the gym because I knew that would like, you know, yeah. kind of give take me some. Take your mind off of it too. Yeah, take my mind off of it. It would give me some, you know, headspace to quickly think about something else, think about the gym. Or I would go to, um, there was this old bar in D.C. that I used to love called Sonoma. And I would go there and have a glass of wine and I got to know the bartender there, um, Juan, one of the greatest people of all time. And I would talk to him about it. And it was just nice because I wasn't laying on my bed just 
in my feelings. And I know when I was laying in my bed, I was going to be in my feelings and I was going to be emotional and I was going to be crying. I was going to be sad. Well, I think it's easier for the person who is being left. Yeah. But if you're like for me, I would get on a train and I'd be like, well, I guess I'm just going to sit here and cry. Yeah. Well, I think then like turn on a podcast pretty quickly, turn on an audio book, like try and do the things. I think this is not only related to like that, but so often we think we're stuck in what's in our brain. Yeah. When there are so many things that can help you get out of your head. Like, you know, so many people say, go for a walk, go move your body, go do that. Like that will change what you're thinking about. Yeah. Turn on a audiobook, turn on a podcast. They'll be talking about something different. That's what you're going through. And you're going to think about it. Yeah. Like there are different tips and tools to change what is in your brain. Yeah, I think it's a good thing, but I think depending on how long you've been in it, there is stuff you can do to help ease that every time you leave each other. Yeah, definitely. Okay. All right. Is that everything? That's everything. No, it's not all of them. We get so many of these things when people write in that we feel bad. We can't can't always get to every single one. but Yeah, but luckily we do them every month. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is it for this week. Follow the podcast on Instagram. If you guys want to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we would love that. It would help us out and help us be able to, like, create, keep creating episodes. So, um, and we love that for you. So, see you guys next week. See you, everybody. Bye.